welcome to a very special Monday night episode of the Orient Outlook podcast. I am missing Game of Thrones, which is just starting on Sky Atlantic. Um, and I'm Steve Nussbaum. And joining me is my good friend, myself, Stan Chum, hailing from the House of Levy. Levy <laughs> always wins his bets. <laughs> Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much. I don't actually watch Game of Thrones. I've never seen an episode of that. I think I'm probably one of the... Very few people yeah. in the, on the planet that hasn't actually watched that. But Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 36 of the Orient Outlook podcast. Thanks for joining us and coming back to hear more of what we've got to say this week. As always, we start with an update. Twitter has, has gone mental. I think that was probably in part to our participation yep. in last night's Starman Awards, which was great. Uh, great time, we'll cover that later on. Um, we've now sort of gone over the 1400 mark, so we, you know, we, we know there's still more of you guys out there, there's people abroad, people um, who perhaps are even casual fans, so keep, keep telling them uh, about us. Um, all, our uh, Twitter handle is at or in Outlook, and uh, with the good stuff, the good points that people make, we're happy to retweet and share that with, with everybody else. Absolutely. We're also on Instagram, which is Orin underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Um, and if you're not on social media, you're welcome to contact us uh, by email. We are orientoutlook at outlook.com. Yeah, so lots of uh, listens in the past week. Lots of uh, exiles abroad have been listening in. So we've had listens in the past week from Norway, which I don't think has cropped up before, so that's great. Uh, Australia, USA, Holland, Mexico and France. So big shout out to all of you. And wherever you are, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. So episode 35 yep. was recorded last Sunday. Yeah, morning. It was like ages ago. Yeah, it does. Straight after the MK Don's match. Yeah, uh, and the few reviews we had for that episode. Firstly, from at Michael Shea. So the great listen, albeit depressing. Hopefully, our boys may yet show overdue courage. It's not too late. Yeah, at Kamchatka FC said even amidst the MK Don's pasting uh, of the O's, Orient Outlook still managed to find positives while critique the idiots. Yeah. Critique the idiocy. Love it. Keep it up. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Gingery ID 81. Said, great pod as always, gents. Both games again, given true and honest assessments. I'm still fuming from Saturday as I live in MK. Regarding sitting in the corner, when my old man got tickets, he was told that the manager's instructions, that's Fatty Carl Robinson, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we would be in the corner. But uh, I assume he means it, this was done by the manager to try and take away the atmosphere. And the players helped on that. There are three cup finals left. Yeah. At Magnus Pugna says, great uh, podcast again, guys. Totally agree with the other clubs regarding uh, loans. Time for us to sing up as loud as we can. Hashtag battle cry for the O's. Good hashtag, yeah. Yeah, great hashtag. At Mike Brown Music, it's a good pod as always, guys. If players don't want to play for the Rani, then they're not professional footballers. Play for the badge. Great point. Yeah, a very good point. At David Reichard, 80. Some great points. I totally agree that a lot of Liverani's decisions have been poor. However, if you look at the nucleus of this team, they were in the same mess three seasons ago under Slade with the same awful performances. The players really need to take responsibility and also their own personal pride. We badly missed Dean Cox and Romain Vincelo. Four points would do it. I've said that. Yeah, I've said that. Yeah. I keep referring back to that that season where Wickham conceded in the ninety fourth minute in Alan Judge um, goal uh, for Notts County, which which saved us, and just purely on the fact that someone was worse than us. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, at John E Clark six said, "Great stuff. Just listen to it on Waikiki Beach. Waikiki. Where is that? Ha- um, Hawaii. Oh mate, happy days. Yeah. Uh, if you think the O's are sweating, dot dot dot." Yeah. Well, my heart doesn't bleed for you, mate. Um, so the week that was 
<coughs> yeah, so Sunday, the day after yeah, the, uh, the match the match before, yeah, at Theo's party. And in fairness to the players, they all turned up. Yep. Fair play to um, So fair play. Chris Dagnall won Theo's player of the year. Um, and Howard Gould tweeted, at Gould Howard tweeted, well done to Dean Cox, mentioned at the Football League Awards for the most assists in the last 10 years. That's an incredible Bearing incredible in mind... Stand. He didn't play that much or as much for Brighton as he has for us. That's a quite an incredible. Yeah. I don't. Well, I don't think he did. I'm off the top of my head here. That's Damn. that's a tremendous feat, Dean. And well he scored done, fifty goals. Yeah. Well over fifty goals. And, and the assists, yeah. And, well, well, Dean, a round of applause, bud. Well played. Good to meet you last night as well, mate. Top Absolutely. Man. And all. And I hope they sorted your room out as well. Yeah, I hope it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and also. Uh, <laughs> Dean Cox was staying at the hotel where they had the event and his, his room was too his hot. His room was too hot. So, so he complained. Yeah. Uh, also, last Sunday night, PFA, the PFA Play Only Community Award was given to Mills, Danny Shitu, and Mazuzi came out uh, second. Second. Missed yeah. out for second year running. Um, so unlucky, Elliot. Whatever win I would have been. What's the guy got to do to win that award? I don't know what Danny Shitu's done, to be fair, but for what Elliot Omazuzi's done, is he taken a, a kid that's gone off the rails to, to for all intent and purpose, mentoring him, going out to all the schools, telling about what he's done and why he's now a reformed character and seeing the bright light of day. Maybe Danny Shitu took two kids. <laughs> so on Monday, 20th of April, Nathan Clark was interviewed by George Sessions. Um, a few quotes from that interview that Nathan said. Of course, we believe we can beat relegation. If you don't believe, you shouldn't be with us. This is a group that is desperate to do well and get out of this mess. We feel as if it is in our own hands. On Saturday, we let a lot of people down, a lot of family and friends and the fans as well. It's disappointing because we had a good number of fans turn up. He did, absolutely. And he went on to finish by saying, I wouldn't have said MK Dons were hungrier than us, which I think is what he did say on Saturday. I think it's what someone else said. Um, I think we possibly played into their hands a little bit in the sense that they have some fantastic ball players and we possibly let them dictate too much to us. They were a lot sharper than us. They moved the ball a lot quicker and I guess we possibly allowed that too much. They got into their rhythm and it was hard to contain. So fair, fair point. No, no, he's, he's, he's absolutely right. We, we did let them play. Yeah. We, let, we gave them too much respect and too much time to, to do what they wanted to do. You know, Some of their goals were worldy goals, like we've already said yeah, before yeah. in last week's episode. But, you know... If you allow them to play to put themselves in those positions, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, that is what they do. And yeah. then on Tuesday, the twenty-first of April, we lose three 0 to Bournemouth, uh, which is no shame at all in the final third development league, uh, which the uh, youth teams have uh, have been playing in the reserve team, yeah. I believe. Um, so there were three goals uh, that, that unfortunately went down to there. Shame, but never mind. Bournemouth have to be have, fair. Have Bournemouth played squad. very strong sides in that. They played Jaden, so a couple yeah, of first teams as well. Jaden, yeah. ex-Orient, Jaden Stockley as well. So, also on Tuesday we played Rochdale away. For those of you that yeah. obviously yeah. you know haven't been hiding away in a cave or anything, um, two tweets that um, that we saw, which which we were commenting on at Julian Fern and at Dulcet Dave, um, took a picture of uh, Francesco Bachetti at the ground, shaking the hands of each player as they came off after the warm up. So very interesting, very cool. Yeah, very absolutely. cool. Good to see him down there, actually. Yeah. yeah he'd, he'd be going to watch that's a fair play. So the team was announced. It was Chizak in goal. Uh, mm. Omazuzi, Baldry, Clark and Lowry in defence. Midfield was Hedges, Wright, Bartley, Cox, and up front, Mooney and Dagnall with subs. Sam Sargent, Pritchard, Lloyd James, Sean Batt, uh, McEnough and Simpson. Uh, strangely, there was only six subs. Yeah, don't know where everyone else was. 
So to summarise that, McEnough, James and Simpson dropped to the bench after Saturday. Uh, Cuthbert didn't play as his wife went into labour. Uh, and she gave birth to a daughter named Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, Scott. Yeah, I saw him last night. Yeah, same so congratulations. Here. Yeah, top man. Same here. She's sleeping well as well, to be fair, Bill, he said. Really? That's fatherhood. So my mum wouldn't sleep for the first couple of weeks. He was like, oh, no, she sleeps well. Oh, lucky man. Fair play. Lucky, lucky man. Yeah. Um, and making uh, way, uh, Cox, Hedges, Mooney and Omazusi come in. Jay oh, yeah. Taylor wasn't even in the squad. So that's strange. Funny that, that, in the squad, yeah. That's a bit weird when he only put six subs. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's taken a knock or something. Possibly. What do you think about that? Yeah, strange. I, I was uh, happy to see Omazusi play, get back yeah. in there. Would have liked to have seen Simpson start and Dagnall being given a rest. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I think Simpson needs to be given a run uh, now. Yeah. I mean, Dagnall's, Dagnall's worked his um, backside off, but it's just, not, it's just not come off for him. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you need to go with, with, with something a bit different now. But there's a lot, of, um, a lot of tweets that came in off the back of that. But here's a few of them. At Brisbane Warriors says, I think that's a decent line-up with a good bench. Come on, lads, sort it out. Yeah, at Matt Bristow. Uh, said, well, the only player who put a shift in on Saturday is dropped in Simpson. That seems a bit bloody weird. Yeah, at Daza, o, at Daza O's Zero says, disappointed Simpson isn't starting. Yeah, quite simple. And I was disappointed in you last night, Daza O's as well. At Orion Chris <laughs> said, Liverani must have a cunning plan that Blackadder would be proud of. <laughs> Alternatively, he's a clown. Very good one there. At Aquiant said, the bench always looks like it has better options to start the games with, i.e. James, Simpson and, dare I say, McEnough. That's a very good point there. Very good points. Benches have always looked strong, haven't they? Yeah. Until they actually get on the pitch. On paper... <laughs> We've got great teams, we great, have, you know, we've got great bench and everything, but on grass it just doesn't seem to have come off this season. At Orient Stats, said too many changes once again, but the balance of the team seems better than it has been. I'm worried about Lowry left back. At Sam Cast 9 Simpson was never going to be fit enough. The way we've brought players back in from injury this season has been insane. I think that's a great point there. That's, that's something that point. someone discussed last night, actually. Yeah, I won't say who, <laughs> I won't name names, but people have been rushed back. At Mossy LJ said, I think I prefer Mazuzi at left-back with only at right-back. Yep. Yeah, for me as well. At Orient Dave, can understand that Simpson may not be fit, but why not start with him and take him off? Yeah, good point there again, Dave. Uh, at Bradley Ackers 95, said, I'd rather Simpson comes on when their defence is tired for his pace. And that team looks good, and the bench looks strong. Yeah, at Vince Howard 73, about the best we have available. Simpson more an impact than Mooney off the bench. And finally, at LOFC 1978, said, Mooney, really? Words found me. Mm. So, game kicked off. Yep. Uh, I went the better the first half. I had seventh minute gone. Bartley got through. Good ball into him. And he shot He shot well. And he shot low, actually. And the keeper saved well. Yeah. Uh, and it was good that we started positively and registering a shot on target early on. That's it. Which I thought was good. It was good positive intent. Yeah, Dave Victor commented like that as well. And then Matt Baldry had a header a bit later on um, at, that tested Josh Lillis. Uh, Cox also had a mm. shot that, that pulled off a, made him pull off a save as well. So, we had good intent in the first sort of... 10, 15 minutes. Absolutely. In the 20th minute, uh, Shane Lowry pulled the hair of Peter Vicenzi, did they say it? Yeah. I'm glad he doesn't play for Orient because I can't play say his name. Uh, <laughs> You'd learn. Uh, uh, and then you made a note because you listened to an Orient player, Dave, yeah. um, Dave Victor. Uh, he went on, he talked about that for, for a little while to be fair, did Dave? Because it's not something you see all the time. Yeah. Like a, a professional footballer pulling okay. the hair of another professional footballer, a male professional footballer. Yeah, strange one, strange one. 20th of a minute. Yeah. Matt Baldry reads the game well and makes good on the line clearance. Yeah. Fair play. And I think for me, the, the turning point was in the 29th minute. Um, great chance for Mooney. Had a bit of time. Goes for the old Mooney chip. The old three second rule. Mooney, you know, if no one comes here in three seconds, I'm going to try and chip the keeper. 
He'd done it. He, to be fair, he was quite unlucky. It was, I know what he was trying to it do. Was tight, wasn't it? If, if Mooney had a defender next to him with that chance, he just would have smacked it in. And there you go, 1 0. Yeah. But three second rule, mate, I'm going to lob it. Yeah. Which he done. And to be fair, when he lobs it, you see him run off and he thinks he's scored as soon as it leaves his boot. But if that goes in, we go 1 up, the crowd turn on them and we go and win that quite comfortably, I'd yeah. say. But as it was, it goes over and half time, it finishes 0 0. To be fair. Another first half that's been all us. They only had one good chance, and it let's was. hope the second half continues strongly. Is what we wrote. Yeah, absolutely. And there was no change at half time. And, and interesting, Rochdale have been playing a three-five-two yep. formation, but um, and no sooner at the second half. What's that? that the same story. Yeah, no sooner same in the second half, they come out. Um, Trissac's forced into a great save uh, to keep out a Reese Bennett header. That was a really good save, actually. He got he got himself across the goal really well, really yeah. quickly. And then a few ten minutes later, Peter Vincenti arrives late in the box, but his header is just off target. He was having a really good game, Peter good Vincenti. Good player, good player. 64th minute, again a strange one. So the first sub was made, Hedges comes off, so you would assume it would be Mackinough in a straight swap. But no, Mr Liberani brings on Pritchard, yeah. which is a bit of a weird sub. I wasn't sure if he was going for a lopsided midfield yeah. and pushing someone forwards and having him as the holding. I wasn't sure, but by the sounds of it, he put him on the wing. Yeah, and typically this season, two minutes later, Rochdale take it down Aaron and score. Vincenti down the left, terrorise, terrorise Lowry. It sounds like he'd done Lowry most of the game. Yeah. Um, he cuts it back. Ian Henderson runs onto the ball. Simple finish. Guy finished it quite well, to be fair, but it had been coming... And one nil. Seventieth minute. Blast it in the in the corner, doesn't yeah. it? That one. Seventieth minute. Lloyd Jones comes on for right. Uh, and seventy seventh minute. Uh, Simpson comes on for Cox. Uh, just my assumptions on that. I I don't know if Dino was hundred percent fit for that game. And I I noted down why does Fabio never sub Dagnall? You know that was a more obvious sub for me, Simpson for Dagnall. With the amount of we just spoke earlier in the show saying Cox has got the most assists in the last ten years, and yet when you need a goal, you take off your main. Assist maker, mm. and that that Simpson for Cox isn't a straight sub for me, um, unless you put Simpson on the on the wing. Absolutely, but for me, I don't know how can Liberani be so concerned with players' fitness when he always gives Dagnall ninety minutes but won't start Simpson or James due to previous injuries. Yeah, a minute later though, after that substitution, Jamie Allen uh, of Rochdale's through on goal. Fires his effort wide past the on-rushing Chisak. So Chisak done well there. Made himself a nuisance didn't, then, didn't put the geezer off. Didn't show the guy much of the given guy an animal to shoot. Yeah. And a couple of minutes later, Chisak made an amazing double save. Really great double save. Um, especially the second one from Calvin Andrew where the ball was almost behind him and he kind of turns and just turns and pushes it away. And even a few of the Rochdale players went up to him after that and you see one of them just shake his hand. They go fair play. Yeah. Um, I can't believe Calvin Andrews still playing in League One. <laughs> we had him on loan and he was absolutely yeah. horse. He's got a couple of goals this season. He has scored a couple of goals. Yeah. He's so, an absolute dog's mess for us. So after that, well, we had a dog's mess over the second half. Match finished 1 0. Yeah. Um, just over 1,900 fans, over 293 away fans. Terrible crowd. That's League Two. That's bottom of the League Two crowd statistics. That. Well, good, away, good, good away attendance. for a League One. Yeah, good away attendance. But 1,900 fans for a League One match. Yeah, but they're not a big club, are they? They're, no, they're but small fry. You'd still expect 3,000, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would have thought so. So that defeat le- left us at that point in time, 21st, with 44 matches played, which is the same amount as all the teams around us at that point. Uh, and we had 47 points. Two points behind Crew and three points behind Crawley. So everyone's still catchable. Everyone's still in sight. At yep. Dulcive Dave, post-match interview, Fabio said that 
He was satisfied with the performance until the goal was conceded. Fabio said that he has two more years on his contract. He will sit down with the president at the end of the season to look at contracts, assuming players' contracts, because yeah. there's a load out. Absolutely. Dulcet Dave, after the match, also interviewed Mr Alex Chizak, who said he was just disappointed with the result um, and said, we just didn't create enough chances in the second half and we can't have any more excuses now. Personally, I just want to be playing games and we just got to focus on Saturday and get the three points and we've got to still believe. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's no pace and no urgency and Rochdale seem to want it a bit more than us. Another poor performance from us and, and you know, the buck does stop with Liverani. He's got to he's got to get the best out of the players that, that he's got available and his substitutions are really, really questionable yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, another game where we have more possession, create more chances and, and done nothing with it. They get a couple of chances and, and score one of them. It, it's unbelievable that this is a, a reoccurring theme of our season. Um, when I originally wrote these these notes, I, you know, I was so angry, I was so like annoyed, uh, trying hard. I was I was literally I had my phone ready to sort of do some tweets from my own account and, and just, but I thought I thought better of it and and um, you know even sort of editing this this comment this comment here is has had a lot taken out because it was just angry. Uh, but since doing yeah, since doing the podcast, though, I have changed uh, my view as a supporter and sort of gone as the the rash, loudmouth, quick to judge and voice my vitriolic opinion. Instead, I think I've become a, a more take a step back, don't jump to conclusions, support the team, whatever, and look at the positive type of supporter. However, obviously there comes a point where enough is enough. There's only so much punishment you can take before you snap. And for me, that point came at MK Don's last week. Yesterday compounded the growing animosity towards the manager who's always come across well and said the right things and to the players who don't even want to play for their own personal pride. They seem happy to have a relegation on their career CV. Whether they like Liverani or not, agree with his ideas or not, play for yourselves, play for your family and your friends and maybe, just maybe, us fans too, who've been with you all season in good numbers, unable to do anything other than just turn up in support. You've one game left now, do it for your own pride, hold your head up and do the best you can you can as a team, for each other and for yourselves. And and as a, as a final thought, to think we all said no to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank when he was spotted watching us. Isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? <laughs> You're mental. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> my thoughts are bad, it was a bad defeat in the match again, it was really a must win. Again, same story as Paul said, had the better the first half and should be going in at least a goal up, but we don't make it count. Um, if we had got the first goal we would have won that I don't know what Fabio's half time talks were about but they don't seem to work uh, poor second half goal was coming and only Mr Chizak meant to stay to 1-0 more baffling substitutions what is Mr Fabio smoking and now well after that defeat it was out of our own hands which was the turning point Yeah. Uh, and just a quick message to say thanks to everyone who tweeted us after the match with your thoughts um, we're not going to mention them at this point because they kind of Lies. recur from Sheffield United, there's like a crossover. So we thank you and say do keep tweeting and we're going to kind of mention them yeah. at the end of the Sheffield United. So that leads us on to Wednesday the 22nd of April. So either late... Uh, yeah, so on Wednesday, the club announced that all the tickets will be half price for the visit to Sheffield United on Saturday and also announced that there'll be a free coach travel to Swindon. Now, my understanding is there's five coaches going. There's five coaches, yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, you know, welcome some welcome good news from the club in a very... A uh, small article, some more good news in the evening standard. We see that Andrea Desena will not be charged over Harrods Gate. Yeah, well done, Desena. Well done, Andrea. Well done. Hash- we knew you was innocent. Hashtag justice for Andrea. Yeah, free the Italian one. And, and also some news that was probably coming to Barry Hearn 
predicted this ages ago. West Ham announced prices for their season tickets when they move into the Olympic Stadium will be the cheapest in the Premier League. They will start at two hundred and eighty. Probably cheapest quid. in most of the ninety-two yeah. league clubs. Yeah, uh, under 16s for £99, and a family four can watch a game for £41. Is that right? Um, I yeah, don't know. On, on a certain season Bloody ticket, hell. yeah, on a certain season ticket. But just just to give you some context, the current um, season ticket pricing for West Ham is, is between £620 and £940, and they're reducing them to less than £300. That Karen Brady's full of BS, mate, because she said, oh, it's because we've got so much TV money. No, it's not. It's because you can't feel your ground now. And you ain't going to fill the Olympic Stadium going forward. Yeah. So F you. Big F you to West Ham. They will, they will fill it up because they'll get the those those people that A, can get tickets that are like cheap and B, those that just the novelty of going to the Olympic sta- the ex-Olympic Stadium. It, the, would, it will die off and they'll then probably go back down to their 35,000 that they get. They'll fill week. it. They'll fill it against certain teams like Chelsea's, just Tottenham's, your United's and City's. Yeah. They, they, won't, they won't fall out against yeah. the whole West Ham v Hull playing in a half-empty stadium. Plus, they got the obligation of the fault of the fact that they got a forty million pound loan from London Borough Newham, who are skints. I don't know how London Borough Newham have got forty million quid to, to pump in. So Outrageous. essentially, the whole the whole the whole reason why this is a problem to us is not what affects us now. It what it's what affects us in the future because of the next generation of of supporter. If you've got three hundred quid in your pocket and you're going to go and take him to to watch a football match or three hundred and fifty quid, whatever the price will be. Where would you go? Would you go and watch League One Leighton Orient or would you go and watch Premier League West Ham? Absolutely. But to it's, be, it's a no-brainer. To be fair to our trust, Howard Gould and his team do some great work in the local kids' school. So, you know, I'm sure they've got plenty of um, arrows up their sleeves. We have to. We have to. So Thursday, 23rd of April, Liverani again interviewed. He said he will still be in charge even if the O's are relegated. said, I would stay at the club even if we are relegated. The possibility that I could plan a season from the start the way I want with the players I want and the way I want to work is great. Again, in fact, there's a project. The Leighton Orient project is one I believe in, regardless of whether we, whether we are in League 1 or League 2 next season. I take responsibility for the result against MK Dons, but I believe we can avoid relegation. The players do, and this is why we have to be optimistic. And then the following day, Friday the 24th of April, Alex Chisak was interviewed uh, again uh, for the East London Advertiser this time. We need to play Sheffield United and pick up all three points. All we can do is work hard in training and go into Saturday with a positive mind. Hopefully results will go our way as well. Everyone was disappointed after Rochdown. It's quiet in the changing room. We don't have any excuses now. We just have to perform and get the three points. On his future, he goes on to say, obviously I want to go back to Burnley and be playing games there, but I just want to be playing matches because that's what's best for my development and I'm still quite young for a goalkeeper. I've got no idea about the chance of me being at Brisbane Road next season and I'm taking it one game at a time really. My main goal is just to help the club stay up. And we will go from there. Yeah, he's only got, he's been fantastic since he's my come player in. of the season. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, absolutely, absolutely. my player of the season. He's been immense. Yeah. To be, to be fair, I possibly get him next season. I don't know. I put him. I rate him higher than Eldin. Uh, yeah, I prefer him over Eldin. I I'm, think he's a better goalkeeper than Eldin. They're definitely on par. They're definitely yeah. very similar. They're up there, aren't they? Fabio also went on to say on Friday, and this baffled me. I don't like this. Uh, said we are used to good performances after bad performances and bad performances after good performances so we are quite unpredictable what? yeah why why is that? what? you're unpredictable to our own selves not our not our, fan, not our uh, opposition that's funny isn't it? he's the manager it's up to him to make sure we're good and we're good and we're good and we're good not good bad bad good if we're unpredictable a sure fault pal you're the manager Sort it out. <laughs> um, also on Friday, the fan forum notes were published. 
which was much better than the previous one in terms of how long it took to get the news out of there. That's it was right. Just over a week, wasn't it? We uh, sat down with Alessandra and said that it's not acceptable. Absolutely. That, and so we all agreed on a date and a time. And to be fair, him and Rob, Rob Gagliardi, the, you know, helping translate, they're, bang on the money. They're well prepared. Really they? good. Yeah. So really that was good. really good. So the forum notes are available uh, on the Stand Up Flea on a Facebook group. They are on the message board and on Twitter. We retweeted the Loft tweet, which had the link to all the notes on there. Probably so on the Loft, the Loft website as yeah, well. Late it's everywhere. Fans trust. It's everywhere. So, so look them up. There's some quite interesting things on there. So moving on to Saturday the 25th of April, uh, we were invited, uh, we, we've obviously mentioned the Leighton Orient Trust, uh, their, their work and what they do with Howard Gould uh, and Neil Taylor and what they, the great work that they've been doing there. Um, and essentially, uh, out, out of the, their very, very kind hearts, they invited us to the 100 year anniversary reception of the song, um, which was put on uh, by the Trust. It happened at the Score Centre, which is just opposite the main West End in Oliver Road. And essentially what happened was they, they remembered the fact that exactly 100 years ago, uh, Leighton Orient played Leicester Foss um, before everybody at the club signed up en masse to go to war. Um, we managed to grab an interview with uh, the Trust Chief Exec Neil Taylor just after this, and here's what he had to say. Neil, thanks very much for joining us. Um, we are uh, uh, Saturday afternoon just before the Sheffield United game. Uh, thanks for inviting us to this uh, memorial, this commemoration uh, from uh, celebrating 100 years ago when, when the boys went off to war. Tell us uh, how this has come about and tell us how you th your thoughts on today. Okay. Yes. Basically, throughout the season we've been working with the club and the supporters club to commemorate this 100th anniversary. Steve Jenkins from the Supporters Club, as you will know, has obviously pioneered this work into the, into particular the three players who went off and never came back, but overall the 41. And for a couple of years now, we've been interested in, t in telling that story to a wider audience, mainly to the communities we work in, in Tower Hamlets, Hackney, Newham, Waltham Forest, and in the schools in those communities. Um, and we've been trying to find a way of doing that, and we were looking at the certainly from 1914 onwards the, the key moments and one key moment was obviously last December when um, at Fulham Town Hall which was the when all the players went to sign up yep, yep. and the other key event was the 24th of April 1915 which was Orient's last home game or last game of that season yeah. um, against Leicester Fosse and we've been thinking about how, how can we sort of celebrate that so we tied that into our heritage lottery bids where we thought actually we really want to get some resource for this because that's what we do as the trust of the club we go and get funding and we go and promote all this kind of stuff so we thought well how can we do that effectively and we thought well this is a great launch pad for that so we got in touch with our colleagues at Leicester City's Trust they kindly brought down a team of young people to play our young people to recreate that game um, and then fortunately I've got a colleague um, who works with me who's an ex-military man who had the contacts with the military band so oh, wow. we're absolutely honoured to have yeah. this military band playing today doing a live version of Two on a Taxi hopefully <laughs> uh, and it all just came together and we thought we'd do a reception Steve wanted to do something as well with the families so all the, all the three parts came together and the club have been very good in terms of giving us pitch side access allowing us onto the pitch beforehand for the music at half time doing some more commemorations and then if all goes well at the end of the match to the, be part of yeah, the lap of yeah. honour and lead out this with the big song flag so it's really several things going on at the same time one is us supporting what the supporters club are doing it's us 
working with the club to really celebrate the heritage of the club and to get people to understand that it's not just about this season and last season it's about actually there were professional footballers representing Orient 100 years ago and at the end of the season they didn't go off to Ibiza for a 1830 holiday yeah. they actually <laughs> went to France and Belgium and in some cases lost their lives so yeah. this is a very poignant moment and I guess you've seen the YouTube clip of that Pathé News yep. film that minute the khaki troops which is just the most amazing thing you see the players you see the last goal scored and then you see them all marching off with for those the band for those that haven't seen that what is that on the late Norman that's on YouTube, YouTube and it's on the press release that we did with the club fine so it'll be on the club's YouTube yep. channel on there so anyone that hasn't seen it can yep. through YouTube and it's, yeah, yeah they, can, they can find that it's called the khaki army and it's the, the khaki team and it's the last if you just google Lovely. yeah the Claps and Orient on YouTube and it comes up so that that's what we wanted to recreate and then on the back of that we've now launched this fund so what yep. we really want to do is that the heritage lottery money enables us for one year to research further the stories of the other 38 actually we've got really good stories on the 41 and um on the, on the three, sorry, and then we want to capture the rest. So we've got a year to do that research project with some fans. We're looking for some volunteers to help us research it from the fan base and also young people, because that's what the Heritage Lottery is. And then we're going to start doing a roadshow and there'll be a website set up so we can promote that. And what we're really looking for is funding beyond that, donations beyond that, to expand that for two more years so it doesn't just finish in one year's time actually it carries on to an ongoing 2018 project. right so okay. then if you want to donate how would you donate you go on to just giving Leighton orient first world war and you'll find us there Fantastic. lovely so anyone can make a donation anyone can any, make a donation at any, any point amount. in the next two years any lovely. amount big or small so that'd be perfect and you want volunteers as well how do and we're looking for five to... volunteers either contact myself or my colleague Phil Rudling and we're looking for about five yeah five fans who are interested in again researching the club's history there'll be some primary source archive they'll go to the British Army Museum they'll go to like go into Hackney itself and do some more research around the Hackney archives because we're also interested not in the players in the 41 but also the fans Absolutely. and what the contribution of the fans were because obviously Orient if you, when you watch that video you see that it's packed there must be about 20,000 people there and it's those stories those lives of people who lived in Clapton at the point who were Orient fans and what, how, what their roles in the war were so it ties nicely into Hackney and we were delighted today to have the um, the speaker from Hackney, Sharon Patrick, who's actually a war councillor for Millfields, okay. where the original stadium yeah. was. So she's yeah. very keen to do some sort of local history around that as Lovely. well. So bringing it all to life. Absolutely. Future. Thanks very much. That's a Neil. pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so that was Neil Taylor, chief executive of the Leighton Orient Trust. If you are interested in helping out with this fantastic project, uh, please get in touch with Neil. His email address is neil, N-E-I-L dot Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at, and this is all one word, Leighton Orient Trust, that's all one word, dot org. So that's neil.taylor at leightonorienttrust.org if you want to help get involved with the research project of the players that went to war and, and obviously the, the fans as well. So fantastic yeah, uh, event, great. fantastic, very moving to hear the, the, the yeah. song and... Um, to, to hear sort of the uh, recounting and, and meeting all the descendants yeah. of, the, of those that the, the soldiers that or the players of Orient that, that passed away so you know thanks for having us guys and uh, just glad that we can absolutely. give us some publicity and help you guys out with that absolutely so we made our way into the South Stand for the last time this season for our big match against Sheffield United yeah. so the team was announced Chizak in goal um, defence of Cuthbert Baldry Clark and Mazuzi 
Midfield was Bat, Bartley, James and Cox. And up front, Simpson and Dagnall. On the bench, Woods, Lowry, Wright, Taylor, Hedges, McEnough and Mooney. So there was four changes from the Rochdale lineup. So Cuthbert returned, James returned. Somewhat of a surprise for me, Sean Bat yeah. um, in the lineup. And Simpson all to the side. So for me, yeah, I'm happy to see see that. I would have liked to have seen Mooney start with Simpson though. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I quite like that lineup. It's got a bit of pace, energy, um, a bit of skill in terms of, you know, Simpson and Bat. I'd like I've not seen really enough of Bat, whether he's Absolutely. been injured uh, or out of favour, whatever, I don't know. Um but but I like I liked what I saw. Cox was supplying, James pulling the strings, Bartley combative. Yeah, that, that really right, worked yeah. for me. Um none of this long ball nonsense either. Um because, you know, although Jay Simpson isn't Short, short. Um, he's not a Mooney or a Henderson. Yeah, so it's a decent start. It was a good intensity. We looked, we looked really up for it, actually. I thought, obviously, a lot of people had gone into the ground hadn't been here in a long time, or ever. Um, and it did make a difference. Yeah, it did a make a difference. Crowd. Yeah, good crowd. Big crowd. It did feel like a, bit of, like a first game of the season, due to the sun and yeah. the crowd. Um, and after the first 10 minutes, Sheffield United, I thought, started to take control. They got a great one-on-one. And Chizak made a well, really good well, save. No one picked up that, yeah. that running man. Chizak made a really good save, stood up tall. Yeah. Uh, and then we started to make the same old silly mistakes. Back got a silly booking for a two-footed tackle. Um, and the only chance we really had in the first half was Dagnall forcing the save from a tight angle. Nothing happened, but results did filter in elsewhere. The crew were winning and Crawley were winning. And at that point... From out of nowhere, it seemed. I know relegation's been threatening, but when it was actually happening and you're there, it did kind of hit you a little bit. Yeah. Like, Bloody hell, we might actually, we go, actually down. go down today. So at that point, we were actually going down uh, in the first half. So Batman forces a save from the keeper. That was well tipped yeah, over. Yeah, that was a good effort. He smashed that as hard as he could. That was going right in the top. Yeah, he done well. Right in the top. Uh, keeper saved. Well. And then just for half time, she that made another good save. From Sheffield United, and we went in 0 0 at half time. Yeah, good attendance as well, 7249. Uh, that's 7,249, probably our highest of the season, 1,330 away. They always travel well. Yeah, yeah. Um, just after half time, McEnough came on for Sean Bat, um, and then chaos ensued in the Orient box as uh, Chisak did yeah. well to save again. He, again, done, he man done really well. Performance, wasn't it? Yeah, he done really well. And then again, elsewhere, other results were starting to. Filter through. So Peterborough had taken the lead against Crawley, mm-hmm. and they went two one up. And at that point, I, I thought to myself, "Well, Crawley aren't going to get back in that, so we won't get relegated today." Mm-hmm. That was good. And then uh, Josh Wright came on for James, and then suddenly Crawley equalised at Peterborough, and then Crawley then took the lead at Peterborough. So then we were going back down again. It was it was just bizarre how it was all kind of starting to throw out. So every result that we needed to go for us had started to go against us at that point. And as I stood, we were going down. Mm. And then we got a corner, Cox floated it in, and Baldry with Brilliant a superb header. Brilliant met header. it really well. Yeah. And got a decent goal. So at that point, um, I thought that was great for us because I, I had to leave. I had to leave early. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to it on uh, Orient Player uh, in the car because I've got, I've got the app, um, the Football League app. So that allowed me to do that. And that was just euphoric for me. I was like, oh my God, if we just now hold out, we'll be fine. It just felt like a massive relief all around the ground. When a it massive went in. tension release in my car. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a brilliant header. Um, and as it stood at that point, we weren't going to get relegated if we were going to win, so it was all fine and dandy. And then they got a chance, and Nathan Clark made a superb goal saving tackle. Just literally got right in front of his man, body in the way, 
it would have been a goal she said wouldn't have got there the guy hit it really well from about two yards out Clark's superb tackle so for all of Clark's faults he did make a goal saving tackle in that match Yeah, I, I thought we actually defended quite well uh, but typically this season a few minutes later they got a corner they worked it out just outside the box yeah. the only criticism we could say we didn't close him down quick yeah, enough we sat back around the penalty spot but their guys get got gets outside the area head down doesn't even look up head down just smacks it two deflections later Chizak goes one way ball goes the other Yeah, and it was one all and it was interesting that when that goal went on goal went in about four or five players just lied on the floor looking deflated Clark who I've just kind of complimented went straight down head in hands on the floor it was like, come on, mate, you're the captain, you're supposed to be Gene. I'm up. I think it was Cuthbert actually, who kind of got Clark off the floor, Cuthbert off the floor, and a few others, and said, come on, let's get another goal. Mm. You know? Yeah. So that was interesting to see. And then straight after Sheffield United got a free kick, and one lucky not to go 2 1 up. Oh, he hit it really well, I didn't saw he? the highlight, that was a, yeah, that was a cracker. And then it was starting to get frustrating because at that point, we were still going down, and you're just kind of willing Fabio to kind of make an attacking substitution. And he, and he wasn't it wasn't until the 83rd minute that uh, he brought on Mooney for Bartley for right. me he should have done that at, at one all and just gone right come on let's just go for it uh, but he didn't Simpson came close from a free kick but never really threatened and then great for us obviously Peterborough got two late goals against Crawley um, and they won 4-3 which meant we were staying up for the time being who'd have thought Peterborough would have done us a favour I know I know crazy <clears throat> um, and that was it finished one all and the season finishes with our worst home record in the club's history. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? 13 odd years, I think, yeah. So most people... terrible. Most people hung around to kind of see the lap of honour, even though it wasn't really that. Literally, the full-time whistle went. The players didn't go off and then come back out. They literally just started the lap of honour. Literally about a minute after the final whistle. Right. A few claps, some loud boos, although probably for Liverani. A bit of a chant from the South Stand. Um, F off Italians. Which thought it was maybe Nasty. a bit harsh. Nasty. A bit harsh. A few tweets we had coming at the same time uh, as Lepavon as it was going on. One from at Mid Table Obscure said, Why boo when we still have a chance of staying up? They put in a shift today and need to do the same next week, and they won't now. At Stephen J. Clark said, Think the boos were more aimed at Liverani. That was my impression anyway. Yep. And Lisby went into the supporters' club afterwards. Uh, he got a fantastic reception in there. And he just wanted to say goodbye. The best club, a quote, the best club I've been at. Yeah, we reposted the video. Um, it got the video of him going to support his club got tweeted out. Yeah. So it's a really good video actually. It's quite a moving speech that, that Lisby makes. So if you haven't seen that, I think we tweeted it on Sunday morning as well. After watch, yeah. um, to see that after the match at Dulcet Dave, so Fabio Liverani explained he thought the players had been complacent since the victory at Coventry. Mate, I don't think so. I don't no, think so. He's the bloody manager. That's his job, not to make the players complacent. Yeah, it's he, true. If they have been, but I don't think they have. He said that he has a good relationship with the president and that he intends to complete the remaining two years on his contract. Fabio, yeah, like I said, you're the manager, mate. That's your job. Nugent said, we are still in the fight. It's going to be tough, but we will be positive as we travel to Swindon. Um, so my thought was on the game. I thought we played okay, actually. He gets a decent team. Don't forget Sheffield United are fifth and our hard team to break down. Mm. Good atmosphere and good to see the ground fall. Uh, Chisette made three good saves in the first half. Again, I think we've pointed out previously in the podcast, Dagenham and Simpson doesn't really work. They don't really kind of tend to play off one another very right. well. Um, and half the team don't look fit. You know, speaking to players, some of them just casually came out and said they weren't fit when they've played this season, which is just bizarre. Um, 
I did think we defended well, but there was no real creativity from the midfield, which is the problem. So maybe Cox isn't 100% <clears throat> in terms of what you can bring. Maybe Mayhem yeah. isn't because he's always on the bench. Yeah. It's just a bit strange what's going on. Um, great header from Baldry that put us one up. The ground was rocking, but as always this season, conceded an unlucky goal. Um, and it was disappointing to see some of the players' reactions. Mooney should have been brought on earlier. And Fabio doesn't strike me as an attacking manager. He strikes me as an Italian tactical manager, which yeah. doesn't really work tactical. in League One. No. And it sure as hell ain't going to work in League Two should we get relegated. Yeah. Um, um, but it could be worse. We're not relegated yet. Which means Sunday is all to play is for. all to play for. Absolutely. I'm, I'm gutted we didn't finish a job off while matters were still in our hands. Couldn't make this game uh, for the full length, full length, but the feel, I felt the frustrations of all the fans. And when they got when they scored their goal a few minutes later, I, I thought I thought the worst that we might actually end up even losing it and getting relegated. But thank yeah. God we didn't. Absolutely. Um, it's a shame because I thought on paper it's a decent side with a decent bench as well. And I just thought that they, for their lives, that they might have actually we might have actually done Sheffield United a little bit here and we've gone two or three up. But mate, don't 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 forget the team we played. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I know. If they would have played like that against a mid, if they would have played like that against Doncaster, they would have beat Doncaster easily. Yeah, or Rochdale. Or Rochdale. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah. So that left us with twenty second place in the league with one game left. Played forty five, won twelve, drawn twelve, lost twenty one, forty eight points, and a goal difference of minus ten. Yeah. Um, so Yeovil already relegated. Colchester are below us in twenty third with a game in hand, which they play. Tuesday right. night at home to uh, Preston. Uh, they're on 48 points, which is uh, equal to ours. Crawley and Notts are both on 50 points and they're in 21st and 20th place, respectively. And we will come on to the different permutations that yeah. could happen. So we tweeted after the match, we are still alive, but barely just. All to play for next Sunday. Can we do this and pull off the great escape? So a few tweets we had back. Firstly, from at Orient Chris, who said, very doubtful because we put in another poor performance today. And they have no winning six. I'm sorry to sound so negative. At Richard J. Bourne, I believe in miracles, but not this time. Yeah, at Nick Almighty 79 said, no, with the long ball tactics of this manager, not a chance. We're playing like a League Two team before we are even there. Michael Shea, uh, Coventry have lost interest, so I'd expect Crawley to see them off, unfortunately. I was capable of winning, probably in vain. But Coventry still could get dragged into Absolutely, this, so yeah. they're not, they they won't be complacent. At Vince Howard seventy three said highly unlikely, especially if Colchester United win their game in hand. Yeah, so um, can we pull off the great escape? Was the question. At Boats he said it's a long shot, but at least we can fight to the final day. And if it's not to be, then that's football. Yeah. At David Ricard eight he said we will just fall short as we have done all season. Hopefully Barnet get promoted, which they have done. Which so well done to yeah. Barnet. I've never seen us lose there. I doubt you've ever been there, David, in terms of any stadiums we've played. Kamachka FC said, it doesn't look like it. Too many must-wins have turned into losses. Maybe we need to say now, must-win now, not later instead. Yeah, at Osfan Basing said, to be honest, we did re really fight today, but we just haven't got the quality to make our chances. Midfield just aren't good enough. That's an observation, isn't it? Uh, at Football CJW, hope that we promote a few youth players next season. Bet it in, be it in League One or League Two, need a fresh start. Yeah, at Luke BR 1998, said, I believe we can stay up. Colchester to lose on Tuesday and Sunday. Crawley and Notts County to draw and us to win. At Hampshire Orient, we may have been an embarrassment this year, but four points from 18 versus Colu, Notts County and Crawley says it all. That's a very, very good stat, that is. So we've lost points against all the bottom teams. Mm. 
Tip, yeah, arguably games we shouldn't have lost. Absolutely. At Biggs, Fred Biggs said, of course we can. We're off to Swindon to see it and we'll renew season tickets. Come what may. Yeah. Uh, ditto. Uh, at Kai Showing, well, that's it. Unless some uh, unlikely result similar to Carol Vorderman's numbers solution in Countdown happen, we're off to <laughs> Division 2. Yep, so on to yesterday, Sunday 26th of April. It was the London Marathon. Um, congrats to Jordan... Is that his surname? Uh, Mikkel. Mikkel, yeah, and Neil, and Neil Colley, who both proposed to their girlfriends whilst running the, ma- the London Marathon. Fair play, fellas. There's, yeah. Not only have you got to deal with the contention of actually running tw- over 26 miles without stopping, really... Um, you're actually going to do the most, probably one of the most important things in your life. Yeah, mate. You know what I say about Iron Man. You know what I say about Iron Lads. Don't do it easy. <laughs> Don't make it easy. So congrats, lads. Congrats, mate. Well yeah. done. Welcome Absolutely. to the, uh, We assume they said yes. You you'd assume so. We assume so. they said yes. So. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sunday also we had the Starman Awards, as you probably know. It was great to go. Slightly surreal to see just all the players yeah. there sort of mooching around. It was. All players um, were there from the squad, apart from Desena uh, and Omazuzi, who later transpired, was, got injured in the Sheffield United game. Yeah. Plasmati was there and left early. He did, yeah, in somewhat of an inappropriate outfit in that he had ripped jeans a blazer and a flat cap on. And everyone else was in like nice suits and stuff. Suits, yeah. A few ex-players there, uh, including Ling, uh, Lee Steele, Carl Griffith, Ashley Bays, Scott Cannon, and Steve Castle. Yeah, which is great Steve to Cannon. see. Yeah. So the winners are. Scott Cannon, rather, yeah. uh, so a, a way play this season went to Scott Cuthbert. So well done, Scott. That was voted for by fans who travel on the supporters' club coaches to away games. Uh, goal of the season was Dean Cox for his goal against Port Vale. Yeah, performance of the season we went to Alex Chizak. So well done, Alex, mate. Well yeah, deserved. well deserved. Merit award went to Josh Wright. Yeah, well done, Josh. Star man, as predicted, went to Chris Dagnall. So well done, Dagnall. I know we've kind of we've probably been on your backs a little bit, but but well done. Yeah, effort effort cannot be doubted in that man. Standard community merit goes to Elliot Mazuzi. Yeah, and community player went to Nathan Clark. And Kevin Lisby got a special presentation from the supporters club. Uh, of a collage of pictures of, of his time at absolutely, the club, absolutely. Uh, which is a nice touch, and, and he gave a, a really nice speech. And in fact, Coxie even said something quite nice, at, uh, quite heartfelt yeah. at the end when absolutely. his acceptance speech as well. So absolutely, that was good. But obviously, as soon as the awards were done, the boys had training in the morning. Fabio was on his toes. Fabio was out. Alessandro the door, was out the yeah. door. Rob Gaglia, everyone sort of left. But I understand why it was about half past ten, quarter to eleven. You know. They got training. They had training today, so that's fine. It's not a problem to yeah. me. So for me, it was great a great night. Great night, yeah. Good food, good company. It was great to talk to some yeah, of the players. You know, yeah, we, kind of, nice. we put our podcast badges on to kind of identify ourselves. A identify bit, ourselves, just... yeah. I mean, we had some good kind of chats online with a few of them. So we went. I spoke to Lloyd James, Coxie. Had a great chat with Charlie Granger, actually. Nice. Uh, and Nicolau and Ryan Hedges, who I didn't actually notice when I started talking to him, which was a bit embarrassing. Shame on you. It wasn't until he said I'm Ryan, and I was like Hedges, and he was like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Um, highlights for me the evening of watching Paul win £100. Yeah, so and uh, so basically they had this sort of prize draw. Um, everyone signs a £5 note. Uh, everyone puts their name on a £5 note. It goes in the hat, gets drawn out. And Simon was having a bit of a hard time reading the writing. And Karen helped him. And it turns out it was Alessandro Angeleri, yeah. uh, our chief exec. So everyone's screaming, fix, fix. Um, it goes back in and uh, my name gets pulled out. Paul Levy wins it. Never won anything in my life. So, uh, and you bumped into uh, your man crush. Uh, my man crush, yeah. Da- so David Mooney. I didn't win a hundred pound, but who needs a hundred pound when you touch Mooney's hand and tell him that you love him? <laughs> <laughs> Special night all round. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, great night. Well worth going next year. Um, 
which we hope to do. Yeah, we, we, we thoroughly enjoyed that. We recommend, if you've never done it, then, then it, it really great. is worth it is, doing. It is slightly surreal. So, we're going to go back to our feature that we introduced two weeks ago and that we cut live through last week's show because we didn't have any time. Yep. So it's back. The big express yourself. Well, some of the crowd are on the pitch. Oh, wrong Not that one. Wrong that wrong one. Here we go. yourself is back we've got two this week first one is i'm excited by these the f- i'm very excited because i've never heard i've not heard these, not heard these right? right the first one is from ben boatman who is at boatsy on twitter he emailed us early today and this is his express yourself if i can get it to load so yeah ben i think lives in scotland so he doesn't get too many games so thanks for getting in touch ben yeah here we go this is ben boatman Saturday was very disappointing that we couldn't get the three points and it seemed that every single result seemed to go against us except for a lucky Crawley defeat at Peterborough. Um, however, if we're going to Sunday confident that we can win, we need to show the same belief and desire that we had at Coventry and we can get the three points. Although that we're relying on a lot of the results, I think this season, unfortunately, you deserve what you get. And if that's League Two football next season, then unfortunately that's exactly what it has to be. Yep. Bang on. I totally agree. Deserve what you get if that's lead to two football. That's right. That's what that's what it is going to be. So, you know, yeah, we, we're not at this end of the season. We're not undeservedly where we are. You know, it's you've had 42, uh, sorry, 44 games. So, yeah. Yeah. So our next one. So our next one is actually my two and a half year old daughter. So I think this is going to break a podcast record. So this is the youngest contributor, co- contributor to an Orient podcast, I think. So there's two. So... I was telling her about our problems, and she said, oh, I want to record a little message, Daddy. I said, all right, so go ahead. So this is Jessica Nussbaum, two and a half years old. Come on, Orient. So that was her little message for That's the amazing. boys on Sunday. Come on, Orient. Um, and also, when I asked her about tactics, I said, well, what should Fabio do on Sunday? She just looked at me and just said one word. Attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So Fabio, you heard it here first. Even my two and a half year old daughter. Attack. That's what we've got to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we've got to do. So mate, so we are away at Swindon next week. We've got our tickets. Yeah. Uh, We are sorting out our fancy dress. Yeah, we'll be all being well. So biggest match since the playoff final. Uh, We urge as many supporters as you can to get yourself to the county ground. The club are laying on some free coaches, so um, you know to help keep the cost down. It is twenty-seven quid a ticket. It is a little yeah, bit on the steep pricey. side, uh, but to stay up, we need to win. So first of all, there's a lot of different scenarios, but there's essentially four things that have to happen for Orient to stay in stay, League One. Yeah. And no matter what else happens, if these four scenarios happen, then the way we've worked it, or way I worked it out, this is Kushti. So yeah. first of all, we have to win. So if we don't win, we're down. So whatever happens, if Orient don't win. We will be we're relegated down. on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So the following things, essentially, I've written loads of jargon, but I'm just going to literally just take the bullet points. So on Sunday, Swindon, um, sorry, Preston, have to beat or draw with Colchester. Tomorrow. No, that, that I'm not counting tomorrow. Tomorrow doesn't count in the whole but scheme. Preston are playing Colchester tomorrow. No, no Swindon are. Swindon, Colchester tomorrow. I thought it was Preston. No, Swindon. Oh, okay. So cool. Sunday... So four things that have to happen. Okay. We beat Swindon. Yeah. Preston have to beat or draw with Colchester. Yeah. Because of our goal difference. 
Coventry have to beat or draw with Crawley. Yeah. And Gillingham have to beat or draw with Notts County. Now, if those four things all happen, regardless of what happens elsewhere, we stay up. Okay. So there's four things that need to happen. I thought we had to win as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, so win, we win beat Swindon. Those three. Yeah, okay. Preston beat or draw Colchester. Sorry, yeah, Coventry yeah, yeah, beat yeah. or draw Crawley. Gillingham beat or draw County. Cool. That's the... Well done, mate. Easily summarising it. So even if Colchester win tomorrow, it's really irrelevant because if, if we, we win, win... We go above them on goal difference. Yes. At, yeah, yeah. And push them back Because our goal difference is much better than theirs. So you wrote so message it, to the players, So you? even though tomorrow night might be... People might get negative if Colchester win. Yeah. In the scheme of things, it all comes down to Sunday anyway. So yeah, message to the players. It has been a disappointing season and we are all frustrated. However... We have one game left and we are not relegated yet. So here it is, play with confidence, belief, play for yourselves, play for the club, play for the supporters and play with your heart. If you do that, then no one fan will fault you. Fabio, we have to attack Swindon. These are my two and a half year old daughters just said it. You've got to go out there, mate. You've got to go for the win. Yeah. Um, we can beat Swindon, but it is you, Fabio, who holds the key and you must try and go for the win. Yeah, absolutely. We, I should have, we should have put on some like, great skate music in the background while I was making that speech. Yeah, we should have done. We must have tripped there. Yeah. So that's it. So the penultimate Orient Outlook podcast for this season. season. Yeah. Amazing how quickly it's gone. Thank you, everybody, for your support. We really are quite overwhelmed by it all at times, really. Yeah. And we sit here and still think, like, how do people, why do people still bother to listen and, and sort of get in touch and whatnot? But we really do... We really do appreciate it. Um, so thanks very much indeed. Absolutely. So that's it for episode 36. Two matches covered, one draw and a loss. And as we all thought earlier, earlier, it is going to go down to the wire. One match, cup final, a must win, otherwise we are down. We'll be going to Swindon, so if you see us, say hello. I'm sure we'll have our badges on and some outrageous fancy dress and hope to see you there. We have to sing louder than ever before. And if we aren't meant to win, then we'll all be back next season anyway, supporting the O's in League 2. Yeah. Um, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Keep There's in touch with us. Yeah, support touch. the boys. Keep in touch with us at Orient Outlook on Twitter. Thanks for joining us this week. We will see you next week, hopefully, as a League One club. Absolutely. Up the O's. Up the O's.